0: Hello and welcome to Dystopian Deep Dives with your host, Natalie Donna. What follows is a conversation about Martine Rothblatt and the hubris of futurists. Without further ado, please enjoy. I do apologize, there is some echo to the audio about midway through. I don't really know what happened or how to fix it, but it's not a very long interruption and this is the best that I could do. So again, please enjoy. So you're saying Martine Rothblatt has a really low engagement on social media?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you look at the did you look at those videos? The one of him and his weird wife singing happy birthday to his mother.
0: I didn't get to that one actually. Oh, I, was you wa- I was rewatching I was rewatching the one with Ray Kurzweil today. Because oh. there's just something so uncanny about his face, martine's face. yes in in that interview where you're like, what is it too much Botox? Like what has happened to your face? Um, it's very disconcerting. So for anyone who doesn't know, who is Martine Rothblatt?
1: Martine Rothblatt is a transhumanist billionaire. <laughs> Right. Who identifies as transgender, got uh, surgery for that in 1990. He is the guy who invented and owned, started and owned Sirius Satellite uh, Radio, Mm -hmm. sold it, um, and then he's just, he's,
0: he's, I. And he has a foundation, right? The Tara. Sims? Oh
1: yes, he started his own religion. He has a wife. Um, I don't know. If, like I guess her real name is Bina. He's got some things based on her name, but Bina Aspen, and they've been together since like the '70s. They were both previously married, had two other kids, and then they had two two kids together. Um, but Bina, they, he 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 collaborated with Hanson Robotics. Which is a Canadian company, by the way. Um, the ones that made the Sophia robot. Mm. I don't
0: know if
1: you know about the Sophia mm-hmm. robot. Um, but they made this Bina 48. Is it 48? Bina 48? It's um, a robot it that robot looks wife? like
0: his wife, yeah. He's
1: based on his wife. And what he believes is... Um, and he's constantly working on new technology. He believes that technology will allow people to um transcend their bodies in the future. Right. Very shortly, actually. <laughs> um quite quite soon. And um and he he spends a hell of a lot of money um doing this. Set. He's very smart. He's very smart, but he's very creepy. And uh he's got his, you know, he's being a 48. So his wife and his robot wife, well, robot <laughs> prototype. And what they plan to do is merge their consciousness and put it into this robot he he's interested he along wants to
0: merge the consciousness of himself and his wife yes yes wow, they call them the, tw- the twinning interesting
1: yeah it's not just digital twinning it's um they believe that they're like When he's talking, he's like, love, love is everything, and and love is what, you know, and he, he, there's apparently so intertwined, the two of them, um, that uh, they call, they have a nickname for themselves, and it's Marbina.
0: Oh my goodness, this is reminding me a lot of uh, Genesis P.O. Ridge, and uh, his, uh, I guess it was his wife. But, yeah, they were trying to be- become the same person, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't think that's healthy. Anyway- <laughs> <laughs> well, he says, he says lots of strange things in that one interview with Kurzweil. One of them, you know, the love thing. He says technology and love are like the yin and yang symbol.
1: Oh, I know. And he pronounces it yin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's um, yin, dude, yin.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, but he really thinks that it seems his his perspective is that technology uh, will help make love infinite. That's what he says. Yes, he believes in infinite love, and and without technology, then love is crippled and and cut off at the knees, so to speak. He says. Yes,
1: and this and, one wa- and, and he he wants to. All in one interview yeah. Um, With the guy who talks about the singularity
0: Yes, Ray Kerr as well
1: Yeah, Um, the singularity Which I I had to look that up Because I kind of had an idea of what it was But I didn't really know what it was Do you want to explain? Do you know a lot about the singularity? Isn't
0: it that uh, eventually Man will merge with machine? Isn't that basically it? Or that AI... AI about- will, will
1: take over and basically once it reaches a level where it is smarter than humans and more capable than human right. uh, brain capacity, the speed at which it's going to reproduce itself via engineering is just going to increase, increase, increase until humans are going to go extinct, <laughs>
0: Right, right. He believes in exponential growth of technology. That's one of his cornerstones of his theory, is that technology grows exponentially, and there's really no other way that it happens.
1: Yeah, it's just going to go faster and faster and faster until it's so fast that we, in our little puny human minds, could never comprehend it. And it's going to happen in 2045, according to him.
0: Yeah, it's been some time since I read his work. Uh, I was handed a Ray Kurzweil book a long time ago, like at least a decade, maybe a decade and a half ago or something, um, about this. And at the time, I was like, this is, I don't, I tried to read it. It was very boring Mm -hmm. to me. (laughs) He he looks like a boring person. Sorry, Ray. Yeah, he does. And he's just so calm about it that's what's also kind of jarring is that like he has this sort of terrifying theory but he's very calm about the whole thing
1: maybe that's why he hangs out with rothblatt because i think they're both psycho um they like they just you know like although so ray yeah ray Criswell seems like unabomber calm you know, like someone who's like, well, I'm just going to blow you up, you know, um, and doesn't show any anger and doesn't have like, you know, a high blood pressure, or like spikes in their in their um, heart rate or anything like that. When they're blowing people up, they're like, aha, they, they get even calmer. He seems like that kind of a person. Whereas Martin Rothblatt seems more like he's, you know animated but he's got this soothing voice and a calm demeanor and just very loving and lovely he's always talking about love and saying oh it's just such a pleasure to see you again and yeah you know like that kind of stuff and when he talks about things it's just like wow you know this guy he, he you could really see how he could persuade a lot of people especially he's very 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 smart um very yes. he's got um he yeah, has credentials he
0: was uh with nasa for a while earlier on in his career before he you know got into satellites um and they both believe this about technology that it is um exponential and there's no way to even avoid this sort of progress or the exponential growth of technology even though they could probably put their toys down and
1: yeah just stop making it
0: <laughs> hello the sort That's of like mi- saying of oh, progress I can't,
1: yeah. I can't i can't stop this you know like i didn't put brakes on this car i built the car myself but,
0: but I it's kind of what goes him. hand in hand with like the hubris of these guys and like also the class situation where uh, in that same interview, you know, he's talking about how life can never be boring because there's so many things to do. Like try all the fine wines around yes. the world and go hiking where in, in Borneo
1: or something, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, billionaire, maybe you can do that. And then people who
0: get bored or need to get a life. Need to get a life. Yes.
1: <laughs> need to see a counselor and get a life. And and that's when there's some a nastiness that comes out in his voice.
0: Yeah. As I, the I think there's just a lot of disdain for what we would call like normal everyday people, um, which, which begs the question, like, <laughs> whose consciousness are they going to upload? Like what, like, who is this for? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, it's not for you and me.
1: Um, ha- have you ever watched? There's a movie that came out uh, 2013, 2015 I-, I recommend it to people all the time. It's called Self Slash Less, and it no. stars Ben Kingsley, um, Michael Matthew Good, the one from uh, Downton Abbey, um, who marries Mary, <laughs> and uh, and Ryan Reynolds. And and other people, there are a lot of very like big name actors in it. But it's um, it, it's it's basically about a bunch of uh, uh, an older you know extremely genius billionaire who hasn't finished his life's work, and he finds out he's got cancer. He's going to die. He's going to die very shortly anyway. Um, and he he talks to a friend of his. In the billionaire world, and uh, and and is ushered into this world of of you know labs and and all this stuff, and they're like, hey, you have the opportunity to switch bodies with a, a completely different person. We're gonna take your consciousness, put it in this person's body. And he's like, well, where do you get the bodies? And they're like, oh, they're dead, dead bodies, you know. But um, <laughs> well, I won't ruin the the movie for anyone who might listen I'm to listen sure to i'm sure
0: i've just figured it out
1: but no 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 <laughs> it's, it's not it's it's not quite what you think but he switches bodies with ryan reynolds character and and then a whole lot of shit goes down because there are things that the ryan reynolds character did not know and his wife and his kid who he has you know from his his old life um And then also things that, uh, Ben Kingsley's character didn't know, but it's just, it is, it's about old, rich, white, billionaire dudes, um, taking advantage of and switching consciousness with, um, people who are desperate, Mm. who are desperate, um, for money or for, for whatever reason.
0: Yeah. Um, So it's exploitation. The wall in some kind of way. Yeah.
1: And then there's like a bit of you know like uh, sort of CIA type intrigue thrown in with you know, and and the horror of finding out all kinds of the I don't know and and Matthew Good's character is a total creep too, Um, so it's it's all that movie uh, positions every all of this stuff as negative. But again, you know, if you think about uh predictive programming and whatever, like it's it's introducing the idea to you, you know, just like all other I don't watch a lot of um I don't watch any science fiction I don't think other than the original Star Wars if that's considered science fiction.
0: That's a, I think it's a western. But Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um but yeah, Martine Rothblatt was also at one point uh, voted like the world's richest woman, right? Uh, richest, yeah, like something like this. Um, uh, a few I'll years pull ago.
1: From achievement.org. And it's got like a whole biography of M- Martine Rothblatt um, with some creepy photos of him in his, like, what he looked like before. Um, one of which I sent here. you <laughs> with he's, he's got his like seventies beer and his beard, beard and his beer and his like aviator sort of see through sunglasses. And he's hanging out with his little gay- son, Gabriel, um, who's like, looks like he's about four or five at the time. Anyway, he, he buggered off, uh, out of he, his da- okay. His dad was a dentist. I know that much. And he was born in Chicago. Uh, He was born in 1954 to Rosalie, who's a speech therapist and Harold, a dentist. Um, But he he grew up in San Diego. Um, When he was five years old, his dad was injured in a car accident, and it appeared... That he would be... This is 1959. uh, It appeared that he would be paralyzed for life. He closed his dental practice and declared bankruptcy, fearing that he would never walk again in experimental surgery at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. Minnesota comes up all the time with this stuff, doesn't it? Um, Repaired the damage to the elder Rothblatt's spine. He recovered completely and was able to resume a successful practice. From this experience, Mr. Martine drew the lesson that human ingenuity could overcome the most difficult challenges. Oh,
0: yeah, that's what he keeps saying in that Kurzweil interview, is that that is the most human of all traits, is our ingenuity. Is it? Uh, I don't know. That's, that's um, what he says. <laughs> that's what he seems to believe. I mean, he believes a lot of things that were just a pattern, a program. Um, he, I think, is really able to reduce humans to machines. I mean, he calls human beings flesh machines. Yes. Yes. A lot.
1: (laughs) Anything with moving parts that work together to like, how did he put it? Anything with a bunch of moving parts that work together, whether it's uh, made out of metal or made out of flesh is a machine. Yes. Um, (laughs) Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, a gifted student who loved music and astronomy, that explains his horrible videos where he's singing and then his son Gabriel and his horrible guitar-playing Hootie and the Blowfish video that
0: I sent to you. And part of it, I think, for me, is sort of clowning people like this because I just don't know if these ideas are completely feasible. I mean, basically, he wants to beat death. Right, yeah, oh, yeah, the end of death, yes, which is you upload your consciousness, um, and therefore your consciousness remains. What seems really weird about it, not just that aspect, that's weird enough on its own, is that I think he wants the consciousness, everyone's consciousness, to be uploaded and then sort of be like this cloud hive mind almost you know ai situation it's very weird yes. like where you wouldn't have any you know barriers of individuality anymore mm. um which what, what it makes sense that he wants to combine his and his wife's consciousness which i didn't actually know before today oh. um, but that makes a lot of sense
1: that's the whole point of the being a 48 thing
0: it's just um, a head, isn't it? It's not even like a full. Cool-
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he didn't have enough
0: money to finish it. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. And he says, you know, he he created Sirius uh, r- satellite radio, and he's really proud of bringing Howard Stern into the homes of millions of people. Yeah, like, like yeah. that. Their to buddies. me sort of says, yeah, that says a lot that he's friends with Howard Stern, you know, who is just totally a depraved individual, in my opinion. <laughs> um, and I think Martine is better at sort of like hiding his depravity. But here's a man who pretends that he is a woman. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah.
1: He was 40. He was 40 years old when he got the surgery. And, you know, as with other billionaire, um, AGP, uh, autogynophile type, mm-hmm. uh, transhumanist, uh, men, he was never in the military, but he, you know, he had achieved far more. I mean, like, you're, you're a billionaire, you, your innovations, like he's, he's innovative in the way that Howard Hugh is innovative, like with his, you know, this is my, this, he was part of like inventing a, an electric helicopter and, and also coming up with a cure for his daughter's um, uh, illness that right. she only had three years to live. And he scrambled around and did research and then paid some guy $21 million to 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 like a shot in the dark is his story. I don't know. I, I, I listened to him talk about that, but anyway, uh, figured out how to uh save his own daughter's life, Genesis, the one who's got the sexual harassment claim against her. Um, because she's like 30 something now and she's
0: an executive at uh, she filed uh, a claim against him. Oh, no, no, uh, there's um. Oh, other people have
1: against, yes, yes. Okay. An, an em- employee of United Therapeutics right. has filed a claim of sexual harassment against Genesis and against Martine because apparently Martine knew about it and there's some other guy who's named in the suit. And if you read it, like, the the guy talks, like, about a whole bunch of occasions where Genesis was basically saying, you know, like, sleep with me or, you know. I'll make or or
0: fire you or whatever. I don't know,
1: but he and 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 the uh, the complainant who I think is going by John Doe, and I don't blame him. He's like these are dangerous people, the Rothblatts. Anyway, um, yeah. So Genesis grew up to be a sexual harasser, so that's awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm not surprised by someone who uh, keeps saying things like intergenerational love which is another Ew. favorite phrase in that one interview. I'm telling you, I watched it again today because I, I was like, I watched that really long one that you sent. And then I watched, but that one really, I think it encapsulates the whole thing in just that 30 minute uh, interview with Kurzweil you know, he keeps saying intergenerational yeah. love is the most powerful kind of love. And he's referring to like the love of a grandparent to like a, a granddaughter or son. But yeah. I, I feel like there's some other meaning there for him, especially yeah. when you consider, you know, how his, his daughter has turned out. Um, <laughs> there's something going on that. I don't know what it is, but intergenerational love and technology and love are like the yin yang symbol so it's a kind of disturbing stuff to me just there's so much more that's
1: disturbing like there's there's not enough time to cover it even in this thing you know these these little snippets the biography if you look on wikipedia's biography or here on achievement or whenever people are introducing him for talks and it's like oh he did this 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 um he 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 ditched music. So you are enrolled at UCLA, and did a couple of years, and then traveled and explored the world. Who has money to do that except the kid of a dentist and a speech therapist, right? And um, and he ended up on the uh, island uh, nation of the Seychelles. Right. In the Indian Ocean, which there was a NASA satellite tra- tracking station. Yes. Here is where he had his epiphany um, about satellite. Um, it's I he, t- he I, I don't remember where I saw it. he was talking about it. Maybe about his um, his his epiphany that he had, and um, so it was a vision of a world united by satellite communication. So he went back to us UCLA. And he got a degree in communications. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, then he read the writings of the Princeton physicist Gerard O'Neill, who's an advocate advocate sorry of space settlement and colonization. Right. Um, so that's so that's another thing that uh, Rothblatt wants to do is he wants people to invest. What is it? Like two hundred dollars or no twenty dollars thirty dollars something like that but if if people invest their money the right way but he's like well, it'll it'll grow into the amount of money you need to have a condo on the moon by <laughs> such and such date which is within our lifetimes and within his lifetime and he's like 60 he's almost 70 actually
0: yeah um and even Kurzweil sort of brings up the point of like, okay, well, if people are living forever, wouldn't there be like a scarcity of space, right? Mm-hmm. Like for people to live. <laughs> and Martine's just like, well, we're gonna be colonized in space, outer space, by then, and,
1: that's and we're the all solution. gonna be, you know, big giant heads. He's sixty-eight years old. Um, Yeah,
0: we all get the Bina treatment. We're just these robotic heads.
1: Whether we want to be or not. That's the thing that bothers me is when you watch him talk, he's all calm and reasonable and very smart, very persuasive, seems like a really nice person. Although if you read uh, the the submission to the court against his daughter and him and united therapeutics in general um apparently they're dangerous people and and nobody should mess with them um so and that tends to be you know like you don't know what someone's really like (laughs) unless you're working closely with them and getting sexually harassed by them um but that yeah he'll he'll speak quietly and 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 then he'll say something that's just so psycho and you're like what did that guy just what did he just
0: say oh yeah like the, like interracial marriage is the same uh is similar to uh technology surpassing death like that's what the analogy he made was yes basically like
1: the apartheid some, of sex his right 1994 it, it, book i believe i wish i haven't read and i need to read because I think there's probably more about his his history and his personal thoughts in that one,
0: right? So yeah, basically he's like, okay, so back in the '60s or whatever, interracial marriage was like taboo, and many people were against it. And now you know we've come around, and uh, we m- most people don't care about that anymore, right? And so he sees that as an analogy to uh, him and his vision which you know eventually um you'll surpass the flesh and upload your consciousness and say something like uh you see yourself as a flesh person i see myself as a person yeah
1: <laughs> and and he is um he's he's uh well okay so his his credentials so i just want to throw this in there um He graduated from his communications studies at UCLA, summa cum laude, okay, isn't that, like, second best in your
0: class? I forget what that means, but it's good.
1: I thought Mag- magna cum laude was uh, was was the best, you know, and then summa cum laude because uh, is is second best. Anyway, he had a senior thesis on international direct broadcast satellites, and then he went into a master's program, a joint degree program in business and law. So simultaneously, he got his MBA and a um, a JD, uh, which I had to look up. I was like, it's a uh, it it, it it makes him a lawyer in the States.
0: Anyway. Right. And um, he helped craft the initial document that we're both familiar with. But in case people listening don't know, he helped craft uh, a foundational text for what we see as transgenderism today, which is called the International Bill of Gender Rights. Um, when sometime what in the nineties? It was
1: between nineteen ninety 1990 and nineteen ninety four, ninety six. When it like when they worked on it, and then when they finally published it, and it was him and uh, about seven other men with women's
0: names. Yeah, Phyllis Fry. Uh, I I can only ever remember Susan
1: Susan Striker, who's not re- right. r- no relation to John. Um. Ugh, and I I started looking them up I mean Genevieve Gluck does Amazing work on this yes. um, She does great work She knows a lot Was it you or was it Genevieve That talked about the fact that Martine Rothblatt Holds um, Sorry has already got um, Is it the Sophia robot or the Bina robot That has citizenship In Qatar <laughs> It wasn't me Okay and then uh, uh and every year Martin Rothblatt holds like a mock mock uh trials um and and is an uh, is advocating and preparing for the day when robots hmm. um when ai yeah robots w- machines um or transhuman you know whatever people who are part
0: a non-flesh person
1: <laughs> uh, or a half and half or whatever the hell I don't know When when they want to go to court for their rights So he yeah. he's working on You know so not only is he working on Things like he With his legal knowledge And most of the uh, Not most uh, Quite a few of the uh, Men The Men who identify as transgender, the men who like to cross dress, and the ones who uh, they all got together and wrote up the International Bill of Human Rights in from you know 1994, or whatever. Um, several of them were lawyers. Yes. yes, and they interact with lawyers and they're, right and they're all
0: the judge in Texas.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, so extremely powerful, extremely rich, extremely well connected people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, okay. So he did that. Sorry, spaceflight. So he got his simultaneous, and and while he's doing this, he's also got gotten married and divorced and married again to Bina, and um, and he in graduate school he joined the organization for advancement of space industrialization and settlement Oasis. So to have an oasis on the moon, I'm like, screw you, dude! I don't want you cluttering up the moon. Um, I'm already pissed off enough uh, with Elon Musk, and is like, I launched two thousand satellites to circle, circle the Earth. I'm like, quit putting junk in space, you assholes! And and no one like they don't they don't they can't control really where the junk goes, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's just left there like people's bodies on the top of Mount Everest forever. Um, you can't get it out, you can't get it down Anyways, um, the thing I was going to say about like, littering space with junk um, what, what really bothers me about Rothblatt and all these other people uh, Yuval Harari, all, all of these people talking about you know, This is what's going to happen They are not asking the citizens of the world Do you want this? They're just saying, we're going to do this, and too bad for you, you know, if you don't like it. Like, you need to get on board. They're all excited. They're all busy. This is something that a friend of mine from university would always say whenever um, whenever you would get, like, a... a, 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 a sorry for any guys. No, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. There's, I, I've had this happen where a male professor gets into a dialogue with a male student and, uh, basically it gets to a point where it's like, okay, why, why don't you just suck each other's dicks already? You know, like they, it's like, oh, I love you. Oh, I love, oh, and oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, well, there was something I witnessed Something I watched, like, yesterday. And I was like, oh, why don't you guys suck each other's dicks already? Like, fuck. I forget who it was that I was watching, but it was just gross. Oh, it was, sorry, it was Brett Weinstein and Neil Oliver. And I actually pretty much, I like Neil Oliver. He's a likable guy. Um, Brett Weinstein has some interesting things to say. He's not quite as likable, but like I said, I, I, I... listen to his and heather hang's podcast sometimes because they're i can learn a lot from them i don't mm-hmm. share their opinions and everything but whatever and I, so i watched uh brett weinstein interviewing neil oliver and it's a really nice interview but at, at a certain point they really they just start they're busy admiring each other and i'm just like Oh God, I feel like I'm in my critical theory class and in in my undergrad, you know, watching the male professor sit there and talk to like, you know, this fucking guy who is a private school kid about the fact that there's, they don't believe that they believe there's a student class that where everyone's the same. And, and, and where class doesn't matter And I was just like are you fucking kidding me I argued against that obviously But I was just like shut up And you see this you see it a lot Like you see it Like I said like I think I mentioned In one of your live chats once uh, About in uh, JD Salinger's Franny and Zooey Where Franny is like um, She accuses her Boyfriend Lane of talking like a section man <laughs> and a section man are these like, like basically these egomaniacs who get put in charge of a, a class. If the professor is not there for the day and they run around and they s- get up to the front and they uh, start just trashing, um, Chekhov or something, you know, in this bored voice, and then they go on and start trashing Flaubert or something else, you know, and and they're all in love with each other and in love with themselves, and I loved, I loved that, you know, coming from a female character, I was like, who is very, very bright, Franny, uh, Franny Glass, J.D. Salinger, uh, made her a very, very, very smart character, very typically female, but, Um, but smart enough to know, you know, like, to just make these observations where she's just like, you know, I hate the section men and and she told this, you know, phony ass guy that she was dating, um, pointed out all these things about his letters to her, the way he treated her and that he ordered a salad with garlic and she didn't and that's not, it's just not, you don't do that, you only do it if you're both going to smell like garlic. Anyway, section men. So, um, I don't know how I ended up here, and that guy himself was a fucking phony.
0: JD um, Salinger.
1: Oh, a very yeah, such a phony. Um, we'll have to we'll have to say that's another whole discussion,
0: yeah. another episode. But how did I get <laughs> well, on this I topic? To Karen, <laughs> help me. <laughs> uh, my just my mind just like runs their, Just sort of like their um, love for each other and they're each other's ideas. You kind of get that sense with Kurzweil and and Rothblatt when they talk to each other. Yeah, Um, And all of the questions are such a put on, right? They're very much, I think, rehearsed. Um, Nothing's challenging there. Um, Rothblatt has all the answers already, so. Um, but basically, yeah, the hubris uh, got men being like, we're going to colonize space. Um, we're going to put all this junk into space that we can't necessarily get out of space. Um, and, yeah, Elon Musk seems to be obsessed with Mars. That's his thing. Fuck. Um, go there, Elon. Uh, <laughs> Please. Just... I'd, lo- I'd love to see them try.
1: Yeah, don't just seriously load up the spaceship. Elon. Elon. Jeff Bezos, who Uh else sucks? Um, Rothblatt, um, the heads of all, you know, Google, uh, Alphabet. uh,
0: Who else? Jack of Dorsey can go up there.
1: That guy. (laughs) Yeah, just stuff them all onto one big. Penis-shaped rocket ship, and they are
0: penis-shaped.
1: They are especially, so especially.
0: Especially, Bezos is. Uh, I think it's like Blue Horizon or something like this. And we
1: all know what his penis looks like. Well, I don't, but uh, he he got caught with dick pics, and everyone saw them. And he himself looks like a penis with.
0: I think so a too. Face. Yeah, that's always my joke: is that he looks like a giant walking penis. Even one of his eyes is squinty. <laughs> like my god it's <laughs> a, a penis that
1: flies around in a penis so take your fucking penises and fly to mars and stay there and leave earth to us because if you fucking asshole billionaires are not going to sort out the shit there are yes. so many problems to be sorted out on this planet and have been for millennia I think that was the point, right?
0: So we're not voting for this. No one is saying like, yeah, this sounds great. Like some very misguided people, I think. Uh, But basically these guys are high on each other's farts. (laughs) And they're like, "Uh, you know, um, we need to colonize space. But, you know, we can't like possibly feed or house people here. You know, we can't possibly do anything about the world's problems. We're just going to keep creating this technology that no one seems to even need at this point, (laughs) want or need. I mean, they always put it in the guise of like, okay, so he saved his daughter's life. Um, And so they always make it sound like it's going to be you know, for medicine to help people walk again or see again, you know, how could this be even bad? Right. Transhumanism is sold as something that is going to be a benefactor. It's going to help us become better humans. Right. Um, and that seems to be the sales pitch, but yeah, no one has voted for this. No one. Um, I think if people were realistic, they would want to fix things here first. Uh, which, you know, they're not. And so the, it's all, it's sort of like a fantasy. I, I still think that the, the space colonization is a huge fantasy. I don't think it's feasible, but uh, we don't have to get into that.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, have you ever, have you read The Martian? Have you watched The Martian with Matt Damon? No, isn't it just him? Yes. Yeah, Um, no, I
0: don't do those movies where it's just (laughs) one person. I don't. I don't. Wilson! I've never watched that either. I have watched that. I I don't know.
1: Just because it was on TV while I was at work or something, but I don't um, like
0: the one I don't. I like read The Martian.
1: I read The Martian. Sorry, and then I watched The Martian and how he's like stuck on Mars and he's growing potatoes in his own poo and, you know, whoopty crap. And and it's like okay, but it's this hostile environment that if you go outside, if you if you even get like a a time like anything goes wrong in space you are dead you're flattened by the pressure you're frozen by the you know like it's just there's so it's so dangerous to be outside the world's uh, the, the earth's atmosphere and yeah but martine would tell you that the earth <laughs> is dangerous Oh, fuck you, Martine Really? That's (laughs) what he says, you know The earth is dangerous Okay, so yeah, well, fuck, go live on the moon Well, actually, no, I don't want him living on the moon Because I like the moon (laughs) And I like looking at the moon And I don't want to, you know, one day look up there And be like, you know, trying to enjoy the moon On a a beautiful June night And uh, you look up there And you see a whole bunch of uh, Stuff Hello yeah, hello. I just,
0: I don't, I don't. Sorry, know. my
1: computer looked like it shut off.
0: Oh, no, you're still here. I thought you were <laughs> saying hello to the colonizers on the moon.
1: Yeah, hello. No, I, I would not say hello. I would be like, <laughs> I would be figuring out a way to blow them up, like Unabomber style. So, <laughs> Rothblatt has a PhD. I forgot about that. He has a PhD in that he got from uh some fancy schmancy. Um, Medical and dentistry school in at Cambridge, hmm. um, and then he, you know, for fun. Well, I think he was like fifty years old or sixty years old, and he decided to get his pilot's license and his helicopter pilot's license, which is why once he built or helped design and build um, this the first ever electric helicopter they then he was in the um maiden voyage if you I forget what they really call it, like first flight anyway and which was in Canada this guy's obsession with Canada
0: it bothers me i thought he was canadian because you hear so much always about important. him and canada all the time he's always in canada he has
1: canadian citizenship i have my theory about why that is
0: is it a, um, a legal thing, you think?
1: Yes uh, He, in several interviews And in his book that I have From Transgender to Transhuman He talks about how um, Anyone Human or non-human Should have, you know, just like anyone Who is transgender Or different, you know uh, He he fully believes that he has Transitioned And he's now a woman I'm just, Yes yeah, no, you're not. Um, and with all of your degrees, you don't know anything about chromosomes, apparently, um, <laughs> or just like biology. No, but
0: he, but he does. It's like a willful ignorance, or actually, just again, this sort of fantasy-based reality that these men live in. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think they can colonize space. I just don't think we can get up there. Um, mm-hmm i would love to see them try it i when they do it if if it happens i'll eat my words but i just Mm -hmm. don't see it happening um and i do yeah i just think that they live in a a fantasy and they what happens is they want to sort of will the fantasy into reality you know Um, they have this guy he has accomplished a lot well, Ray asks him, like, is there a difference between uploading your consciousness versus slowly building yourself into, like, a cyborg, basically? And, you know, Martine says, yes, there's a different process there. He says, I fully transitioned into a woman, and I'm still, you know, me right whereas you were if you were to upload your consciousness there would be kind of like two different use there'd be an entity online what's crazy about this too and I think about this is all the the storage space that it would take like where are these servers going to be where all of our consciousnesses are you know what I'm saying like uh, server space now is a complicated issue we'll stick like, them in Burundi <laughs> Probably at the bottom of the ocean. I'm surprised he doesn't have a submarine license like Ghislaine Maxwell. He probably does.
1: Yeah. What the fuck? Why is she? What what is with these people? And the Um,
0: ocean? Um, No, just
1: in there. I'm going to fly. You know, I'm going to become a fighter pilot and I'm going to learn how to run a submarine. And then I'm going to run a pedophile ring and I'm going to, you know, like I'm going to merge my consciousness with my
0: wife's. like, uh, I, I I keep losing Yeah, what my- is it? Is I it sheer like just um Eagle privilege? Man. Yeah, yes. but just like that you have everything already and um he says something about if you you know, there are two kinds of people, people that get everything done in a day. Yes. And then people who don't and those are the people the people that don't get everything done in a day where like living forever would be appealing and he says there's something wrong with again with people who get things done that they want to in a day like you need <laughs> you need to do more you need to be doing more you know you can't possibly get everything done in one day yeah which is wild to me it's like and it also shows again the disconnect that these people have between everyday plebs like you or myself <laughs> like i got to come home and do the dishes and like You know, make sure my house is clean and water my plants, and you know I have to do that stuff. Well, I mean, if
1: if people, there are you know little girls uh, in in other countries who have to walk miles to get water clean water right you know and they don't have the money they have to wait for months uh to go to like you know free medical clinics and all kinds of you know like what about those people martine what about those people
0: you know gonna shoot yourself into space or your consciousness into space but that's the crazy thing he's very aware of of biology and he has a biotech company right so he's super aware of biology and, and I just think he lives in a state of denial, which I think is what sort of transhumanism is. It's a denial of, of material reality.
1: Well, if you get into the transgender part, I mean, mm-hmm. we have now uh, heard enough from trans widows um for anyone li- listening who doesn't know what that is, it's a woman who married a man and then he later uh, usually after kids are in the picture all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm a woman. A
0: lady. I'm a lady <laughs> I'm and a you're lady. a lesbian now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or you're bi now, but you know, I'm going to go and take all of our family money and get myself surgery and da 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 da. So AGP, so autogynophiles, men who um, cause it's, it's, it's all, I, I don't think there is such a thing as a woman who can be sexually attracted to the woman in herself. <laughs> um, it's all men. They, they imagine themselves as women. Um, and, uh, it's so from, from trans widows, I've, I've listened to lots of discussions between trans widows, read their stuff, whatever. There's a, there's a theme that I have noticed and everyone else has noticed um, that what these men seem to do is they get married for purposes of, you know, like to appear normal, but also to have a woman around as like, you know, a bang made. Uh, is that? Yeah. So <laughs> Not, not even like, they're not even terribly interested in the sex. They're, they're just interested in having someone who will a carry their children because they're very interested in, you know, uh, proliferating their, you know, geni- Themselves, yeah. genius seeds, <laughs> setting sending forth their progeny into the world. Um, so they need a woman and uh, to do this, and also someone to cook and clean and do all the other shit that women have to do for men if they're in uh, uh- a relationship with Matt Walsh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a point. I had a point about AGPs. AGPs uh, who are married to women, um, they want to become their wives. They are jealous of the wives when they're pregnant. They want to experience the same thing. They want all the attention to be on them. They want to, like, they basically have a woman around so they can, like, imitate her or live vicariously through her. But. He- usually an agp is a narcissist and he's just using his wife and this is a theme that comes up frequently when you're ta- like listening to interviews or reading interviews with trans widows and if you see the ones that are still married like the man will basically get a haircut like his wife's, he he he'll he'll spend more money on his own clothes and dress like you know Little Bo Peep or whatever in in PVC and like fetish gear and stuff like that. But in terms of his going around in his normal life, he he'll try to look. He'll end up looking like his wife, and and he will try to replace her, just like uh, like um, Uta Hagen, and she now published a book about it um, that her. X uh, he used to go and sneak into the school, their kids' school, My and God. he would write himself down as the mother um, in in the on on forms and stuff. So this is what I thought about because if you look at the cover of, and this has been pointed out by more people than me, but um, like the 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 cover of from Transgender to Transhuman by Martin Rothblatt, a self-published book that has so many mistakes, I'm just like, good God. What did you do with all your billions? Anyway, on the cover, um, is a, uh, looks like a graphic design 2D image of a, uh, an African-American or African woman with straightened hair. And in the introduction, you find out that this is Martin Rothblatt's, um... Avatar on Second Life Lastly the cover photo is of my Second Life Avatar Vitology Destiny <sighs> This is in his Acknowledgements okay his Acknowledgements First he says thanks to my Family And then people who Taught me about transgender And any names about uh, A whole bunch of men Kate Bornstein Phyllis Randolph Fry ah,
0: Kate Bornstein again
1: yeah, Leslie Feinberg. Uh-huh. Um, deeply grateful to my antecedents in transhumanism, um, due to do, do, Ray Kurzweil, um, and its most soulful teacher, who renamed himself FM twenty thirty.
0: So what were some of the highlights of his book, if you can call them highlights?
1: I have not finished the book because it bothers
0: me so much. What are some um, of the things that bothered you the most?
1: Well, let's see. Billions of Sexes is chapter one. Billions
0: um, of Sexes? Yes, Billions. Um, like the gender spectrum, but it, in his terminology, he's using the word sex? Yes. Or Okay.
1: Uh, anyways, <laughs> so, and he uses Like, okay, so this is this was self published again, self published, um, in uh 2011, so over a decade ago, 2011, yeah. So, and and it's got all of the language of everything that crept in, Mm -hmm. um, in over the past decade, the whole, um. He starts out, there are two sexes, male and female, right? Wrong! In fact, there's a continuum of sex types ranging from very male to very female, with countless variations in between. Um, This startling new notion is just now beginning to emerge from feminism, oh, feminist thinking, and my gigantic writing over top of that is wrong, scientific research and a grassroots movement (laughs) which I underline and put in giant capital letters, not grassroots called transgenderism in the future. Labeling people at birth as male or female will be considered just as unfair as South Africa's now abolished practice oh of stamping God. black or white on people's ID cards. I'm like,
0: uh, I really love to try to make it analogous to race racism. It's crazy. Well,
1: okay. So here's the thing. Back to the whole vitology destiny. The black woman, Bina Aspen, is a real estate. His wife is from Compton. She is a an African American woman. I don't know of like what her or there is there's. I can't find anything about her origins, her parentage, whether or not she was descended from you know from people who were enslaved, um, whether or not her family came over. Later, I don't know what, you know, but whatever But he's married to a black woman And his second life avatar Is a black woman And he wants to merge His consciousness into a robot That's not a combination Of him and Bina It doesn't look like a combination Of Martin or Martin And uh, and Bina It just looks like Bina (laughs) They built the robot To look as as yes,
0: much like his a wife lot like her,
1: mm-hmm. and to speak like her, and it's a a female. So not only is this guy, um, and uh, he uh, is you know he's had what he considers sex resignment surgery. He thinks he's a woman, um, but he wants to upload his consciousness. Like he basically wants to be his wife. And if you look at his children, he's got pictures with his kids, and like I said, he had a kid. With another woman before Bina and Bina had another a, a kid from another marriage before Mar- Martin Rothblatt before they met each other, and then they adopted each other's kids
0: you know and I think we see this a lot a thematic element of the fetishization I can never say that word fetishization but basically <laughs> fetishizing oppression we see this all the time, yeah and that's basically What I guess he's doing I mean I don't really Understand any of it Um personally Well
1: Um, I I think basically like Whoever his I don't know who his wife was Before Bina, but Um I believe That woman is the father of Or sorry is is the Mother of his son Gabriel Yeah And Gabriel looks mixed race i mean yes people have a type people have you know certain aspects they find other aspects of people attractive like you know i like people with red hair or i like people with brown eyes or i like people right. who are short I whatever <laughs> like that kind of thing but uh, like i mean i'm sorry this guy has a whole pattern that just screams to me that he has a fetish. Uh, a yeah. fe- he's fetishizing, uh, yeah, like you say, oppression. But he is—he himself, he—he he, he calls his his book, his 1994 book or whatever, "The Apartheid of Sex." He com- he makes constant comparisons.
0: What does that mean?
1: Oh, uh, we'll have to read the book and find out. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I honestly think it would have, like, the further back you go in his career, in his writing, the less obtuse he's going to be. Because, you know, well, I don't, I honestly don't think that he is, uh, has any shame in anything that he thinks about any He's, like, so full of himself.
0: Oh, he thinks he's right.
1: Um, That article that you sent me... I read that one. I forget who wrote it and where it's from or whatever, but uh, basically the author of the article found people who went to sc- to UCLA with him mm-hmm. and they were like his lab partners and they said he was insufferable. They couldn't stand to be in a like, group, do any kind of group work with him because he was so aggressive and egomaniacal and bossy and he just thought he was right about everything all the time. And yes, he was very smart, but he was... A f- a uh, blowhard, pain in the ass,
0: and he. But he's gotten so far. I mean, I think our culture rewards that kind of thing. Oh yeah, and rewards confidence, um, even if it's a bit of a con.
1: It also rewards psychopathy.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: as we have seen over and over and over again.
0: Um. Yeah. So. Were there any other parts of the book that you found interesting or annoying or Oh, everything's annoying. <laughs> <The whole laughs> everything's a the, the, How far th- did you get through it?
1: Um, let's see. Where's my my bookmark mate <laughs> that looks like a piece of bacon? This is a gift from a friend who likes bacon. I'm not that big a fan of bacon. I'm actually only like still in chapter 1. Because then I, <laughs> I went and I, I looked at, you know, I, I actually did. I listened to that three-hour um, conference. You did the whole of,
0: three hours. I skipped towards his part.
1: Yeah. No, I did the whole three hours and then I, I've been looking at other stuff. Um, but what pisses me off, oh, so much, it pisses me off so much is that this... About this fucking guy He's got The nerve, the damn nerve To talk about Feminism and talk about how
0: Yeah, terrible- so how, how are Feminists, uh, respond- who Does he cite anyone? Is he yep.
1: talking about Yep, I mean, okay, so if you know anything about Um, the second waivers Um, Shulamith Firestone And, mm-hmm. uh, in the dialectic of Sex, uh, sh- Like one of her prop proposals um for women's freedom is for women to be free of the biological um
0: right she's, a, she's bit a bit transhumanistic, transhumanistic.
1: Mm, she wasn't though I mean I ha I'm sitting here I'm looking at the dialectic of sex. I did I was part of a, a reading group on it that I didn't get to stay in, but <laughs> I'm I'm yeah but i have i've read this this book and uh and studied it like a long time ago and then pretty recently and um she was writing this in 1970 she had no idea what the future looked like what the future looked like for feminists in 1970 was like Yes, look at all these women on board Look at all these rights that we're getting Look at all these fights that we're fighting Things are changing for the better Women are getting their rights And the point was to get uh, To get rid of gender entirely Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's what she was talking about Like she she had some controversial um, Ideas That feminists then and feminists now And I also disagree I disagree that you should ra- raise children collectively kind of like parentlessly um and have everything you know like have birth outside the body I'm like no no we should not do that that's what I meant um, by uh, uh, trans-,
0: trans human a bit because that's what I remember about the work is that, that it advocates for that kind of thing like a- yeah
1: and Valerie Solanis also advocated for automation so that women could just chill <laughs> well, Anyways Yeah Like automate everything All the dredge work And women could chill So there's And and then there was I studied uh, In women's studies Which was still women's studies When in the 90s When I started university um, I studied Donna Haraway um, And the idea of cyber feminism So Right um i do i no longer have that book that i can i i don't think i i think i got rid of it because i was like "Eh, this is not that interesting it was like excerpts from mostly from books i had but i should have kept it for the dawn i i might still have it somewhere i don't bloody well know um i have a lot of books anyway but uh but rothblatt (laughs) is like well it's it's you know we're we're gonna transcend our the whole point of transcending your body is the opposite of who I was just talking to you about before we started recording. Right, it was Viktor Frankl, um, and Man Search the author of Man Search for Meaning, the guy uh, who lived through the Holocaust and Auschwitz and Dachau and two more concentration camps and then came out the other side and. Um, came up with a theory of logotherapy, which is that you need a purpose, that you are your body. This 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 man watched people who were in the most horrific circumstances, and he would watch why why would some of them die and why would some of them stay alive and what caused people to lose hope. He believed that mm-hmm. hope hope was everything. He also believed that love was everything, but in terms of love, is a reason to stay alive. So you can stay alive for someone or like someone you love, be that your spouse, your parents, your child, your friend, uh, whatever, your cat. I don't know. Anyway, um, or you could stay alive because you have unfinished business in the world, and you you don't lose hope. Like you still think, well, nobody can finish. Um, the, the, i i still have things yet to paint i still have things yet to write mm-hmm. i still have things yet to do whatever um or e- religion he he believed although he didn't believe he was not a religious man he uh he could see why religion carried people through hard hard times mm-hmm. that you are living for your god that god or life. You know, if you're not religious, life you don't you stop asking um what do I have to like what's left? If you've lost all hope and you're like what 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 do I have left to contribute to life? When you're suicidal, he turns it around and he says what is life asking of you or what is God asking of you? So that's the absolute opposite of what the transhumanists believe and what I believe is more along the lines of what Viktor Frankl believes is I really believe that you are your body your mind is connected with your body and you will give up if you give up like uh there he, uh, um Frankl talks about a man who who said that he had a dream in february of 1945 so the war is still going and they're you know they've been there in the concentration camp for years and this man is 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 you know sick starving injured whatever like everybody else there just going through horrors and he comes up to him and he says doctor i had a dream in the dream a voice told me ask me anything you want and i will give you the answer so of course he asked it when will the war be over? When will be wh- when will the war be over for me? Is specifically what he said. He's like, you know what I mean, doctor. When will the war be over for us? When will be, we be out of here? Um, and the voice answered, March thirtieth. So, this gave this man kind of like a new hope. And as uh, Victor Frankel you know, was living in in barracks with him and whatever, he could observe the man throughout the month of March. And as it got closer and closer to the end of March, um, he got more and more despondent because the news coming from outside, like they only got it through sort of gossip and underground ways of they didn't get the news, you know, they would only hear it and and they weren't getting good news it didn't seem like the war was going to be over on March 30th. And he said on March 30th, this man developed because there was an outbreak of typhus and a lot of people were just dropping dead from typhus. And, uh, Viktor Frankl was one of the two in, uh, prisoners who were, uh, they were doctors and they were, um, helping out, like not helping, they were in charge of like the typhus, uh, Sort of quarantine hut or something like that Um, This This man who had this dream He He just suddenly Developed like a crazy high fever And he was he was dead by the 31st and Yeah Viktor Frankl said like it, It wasn't Just that he also said that in December and Yeah December of 1944 So just a few months prior Um, the, The camp had recorded the highest number of deaths in the week just before Christmas and just before New Year's and he discussed it with the other doctor I think Who was in charge of the typhus ward? And they said there was there was nothing. There were no changes, no other changes in the circumstances. There was no shortage of food, other than you know, like there was no worse starvation, no changes in the weather, um, no no more overcrowding than already was. There was you know nothing, nothing. The only thing that uh, but the the camp recorded in those two weeks unusually unprecedented high numbers of deaths as because obviously people really believed that they they wanted to know, like, I want to be home by this time, I want to be home by Christmas, I want to be home by New Year's. And when they weren't, they lost the will to live and they would die. So, um, and he's not the only one. I mean, Gabber Mate talks about this, uh, lots of other people talk about the psychosomatic effects and obviously, you know, um, so uh, what
0: happens in the reverse where Rothblatt has so much will to live? Do you think that will propel him to be able to live forever?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think he's basically just, he, he, he's, he's, he's almost 70. So, and he is, I don't know. I mean, first of all, even if they don't get the technology in time for him um, and all of his billions, because, I mean, if he did get sick, he would get the best healthcare in the world because he's a fucking billionaire. Um, But even if he still, if they didn't come up with the technology and he didn't live, he would just have himself cryogenically frozen. That's a thing. People do that. It's not... It's not. I I used to think it was a a myth. No, it's not. Um... Yeah, so and he's but he's probably
0: he- doing all like the weird blood replacement stuff that like Peter Thiel does, probably <laughs> the same kind of you know routine. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, these guys, all of them are basically obsessed with transcending death, is what they'd say.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say, I mean, you know, a lot of you you will know this because you know a lot of feminist theory. I will know this because I know a lot of feminist theory. But, um, like, feminist psychoanalytic theory uh, talks about how, basically, you know, men do not have the power to create life. So, they are intensely envious of women and terrified of women mm-hmm. for having that power. So, therefore, like, becoming a man is to separate yourself from your mother From all mothers. From all women. And you have to make women as girly as possible. Like to you know. You can't have a woman with hair. Even though women naturally grow hair on their legs. And armpits and chins. And we have mustaches. And stuff like that. But men are like. I don't want to see that. Because they don't want. They don't want. um, the, the, The whole. The whole basis of femininity. The making yourself little and delicate and teetering around on weird shoes and, um, and and extra curvy and 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 you know you're stupid, you're weak you're uh, you're incapable of going to med school you're incapable of voting all of these you're incapable of being in charge in, in church you know like you know you're, you're a servant to God you're a uh, you're second in the household you know the man is the head of the household, the woman is the hard blah 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 you know you you're there to be a servant all that kind of crap everything to do with marriage is is all of the structures of patriarchy are based on according to feminist uh, psychoanalytic theory um based on men's fear of women's cre- uh progenitive powers i guess is yeah womb the, envy womb envy and and then patriarchal reversal as mary daly calls it you know is freud saying that women have penis envy No, thank you. No, I'll take the power and the money that goes along with it. But no, like, I'm pretty, pretty happy being a woman. I would not want to be like, you know, with the exception of, you know, there are nice men out there. But as a class, like, sorry, guys, you got to do better. You got to do better. (laughs)
0: Get it together.
1: Get it together. Get get (laughs) on your spaceship and quit. You know, like they're trying to beat life. They're trying to invent. They're trying to create. So, you know, Martin Rothblatt, um, as someone who has achieved everything that you could achieve in your life as a man, um, you've had kids. You're a billionaire. You've innovated all this stuff. And. Uh, you know, and and you'll find the AGP thing again is that's more of a tendency of older men who are usually ex-military, and they,
0: yeah, you know,
1: they've done the manliest things or ex, you know, like uh, what's his face, Bruce Jenner, like I, he was an Olympian for fuck's right. sake, athlete, um, and he had like his wife and all eight hundred of his children, and they were getting a bunch of attention. He's like, um. Yeah. By the way, I'm a woman. Oh yeah. And by by the way, I'm like you know I'm I've, I I also try on my kids' underwear when they're not home. Like ugh, right, I admitted to that. Ugh. Anyway, but they want to create. So this whole this this drive for uh is is the word ex- exogenous outside the body exogenous birth.
0: First of all, thank you for uh, sharing your time with me today. We finally got it together. So that's cool. Um, but you know, a lot of people because transgenderism has become such a hot topic lately, I, I, I haven't seen this much interest in it. The, the interest certainly wasn't there when I was first coming across this material, um, six years ago, whenever it was that I <laughs> found myself to be in the permanent rabbit hole of transgenderism. Um I you know people are wondering like how did we get here and I think Martine Rothblatt is a really important figure to look towards to see what you know the modern day genesis of what we call transgenderism you know where it came from and and the kinds of people that are interested in you know propagating this you know myth basically that people can change their sex um mm. That people can transition. So, are there any final thoughts about Mr. Martin Rothblatt before we go?
1: Yeah, just uh, as an addendum to what you just said, he, I think you know this, that Martin Rothblatt is known for calling transgenderism the on ramp to transhumanism. So, the ultimate mm-hmm. goal is tram- transhumanism. The other thing about the exogenous outside the bo- body birth is that, um, isn't didn't didn't someone like just like last week uh isn't there a doctor who's saying he's going to be implanting wombs he, yeah
0: i, I think f- it was in india right
1: yes in india yes thank you and you know it was like so that men can experience i'm like where are you going to f- shove it up in someone's cavity like i'm sorry your whole body is not like uh, uh, these men who are breastfeeding babies with nothing with their moves with chemical sludge it's disgusting It's it's
0: kind of insane because there are a couple ways you could go you either believe in evolution and you think the human body evolved to do certain things uh women to give birth right or you know you think there's a god and god created us uh you know uh, but either way, like women are the ones that, that create life here. Um, so how dare again, we- <laughs> <right>? <laughs> again, it's really just, yeah, that envy and like, I think a hubris that seems specific to men um, and sort of this fight with either what you would call like maybe someone called nature or others would call God, uh, like just not accepting that you're You're not the be all end all Of, of everything You know
1: Yeah that they cannot accept it And no. um, And that they're trying To beat it Like they're trying to uh, Master they're, We're going to master nature We're going to master evolution We're going to be smarter than evolution Than uh, how long have humans been on the planet <laughs> Like however many hundreds of millions of years it took well we're we men and all our money and we're geniuses here um, they actually have genius galas and stuff like that that they give themselves awards um, <laughs> I'm not kidding Martin Rothblatt was that one and um, they're like yeah, oh, yeah like in, in, in the space of a hundred years we're going to overcome all of that and we're going to just Get rid of binary sex and then we're going to get rid of conscious that we're going to get rid of these disgusting, you know, clunky uh, Flesh,
0: Flesh. <laughs>
1: Meat sacks Flesh. that were, <laughs> <laughs> were Flesh
0: machines gl-
1: globber, Globbing around and like slobbering around in our, our meat sacks while you know we're going we're gonna i i'm going to mind over matter i'm gonna master my meat sack (laughs) that sounds disgusting i'm sorry um flesh machine
0: i don't know which one's better flesh machine i swear to god (laughs) is in a song sounds like a david cronenberg situation oh we didn't even get around to talking about that fucking movie what's the movie called did you see it? I didn't watch it. I tried no. watching the 1970 version but I didn't ever make it through that. No, but, but if- he basically remade his own movie and people are walking out of it <laughs> cuz it's so disgusting.
1: Yeah, apparently. The, the fu- Oh yeah, Crimes of the Future it's called. So it's a future where surgery is the new sex. That's, yeah, that's not cool. that and does that sound like any of the transhumanists you know why yes yes that's what they talk Ooh. about all the time like they don't they don't believe that um like they they the, the ego you know the ego on these guys i'm like
0: and it reminds get, me of, get of some humility of genesis peorage again of the temple of psychic youth and like how he basically did all these surgeries I think he got off on the surgeries that he would be getting for himself like I think that's part of it it's like a weird addiction to plastic surgery and maybe an arousal uh, via plastic surgery um, yeah I don't know people people <laughs> men mostly yeah mostly. Uh, <laughs> are are really very can be very warped and yeah i I just don't know women that are like this to this extent maybe in rare cases but i just yeah i don't i don't see it as much and i look at this stuff all the time because there's something wrong with me maybe but (laughs) i I don't know but this has been really fun and we'll have to (laughs) agree we'll have we'll have to yeah we'll have to You weird nerd. You weird nerd.
1: You weird weird. nerd, I admire. You have
0: to do it again. Thank you again for being on. Thank you for having me.